and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. This week we discuss Bristol's heavy defeat at Welford Road to table toppers Leicester Tigers. Was the 56 points to 26 a fair reflection of the games? Here are our thoughts on the player performance and tactics. We'll also talk about breaking news that John F.O. will be leaving the club at the end of the season. A big loss in more ways than one. All this and much more on this week's show. I'm Lee and I'm joined by Tony, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, episode 110 and Lee's done the uh, opening credits. We're at uh, Bank Holiday Monday. We're at Lee's place. And uh, I got a lot of grief by fluffing that on the first take. So uh, <laughs> Lee, Lee stepped in and, and nailed it on, what was it, about the seventh one? I think it was the tenth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but thanks for being polite. <laughs> there we are. So, Good to uh, see you, fellas. So next week it'll either be Miles or Pete doing the opening credits. So no, no pressure there, boys. So... Uh, Yes, it's uh, Bank Holiday Monday. We're a little bit later uh, than normal and totally because I was at a wedding in Wales yesterday, a fantastic day and uh, the very best of luck to Colin and Daryl as uh, they go forward with their married life. Pete, how's your weekend been? Well, I've had a pretty busy one as well, Tone. I mean, I was uh, on the beach in Wales. Um, I uh, had my annual dads and kids uh, weekend away down at the Ross Silly Bunkhouse. Um, something be something been doing. Not you, dads. Actually, some other dads that I know. And uh, yeah, it was busy, but we had to. I had to leave on Friday straight after work, and then we had cricket training on Friday. Two new girls teams that I'm in charge of up at Bishopston Cricket Club. Had to get all that done. My daughter had just come back from school camp. We all left late Friday. It was all a bit too much, but got back about two hours ago. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a great weekend. Great stuff. And Mark Miles is celebrating. He's actually lined up a row of uh, beers. <laughs> He's brought some beers in for us. Uh, <laughs> Miles, tell us what uh, what we're celebrating tonight. Well, I, uh, I I dusted off the old frisbees I set this morning. Took the wife and the kids out to the Mendip Activity Centre to play some frisbee golf. And on hole five, I got a hole in one. <laughs> So there we are. So tonight we're at the 19th hole, i.e. Lee's flat, and I've brought, brought the boys some beers to celebrate. But apart from that, a great weekend. Went to West Berkshire, which the boys didn't believe existed. Lovely little posh villages. Watched a bit of uh, village cricket and drank some average beer. Splendid, splendid. Well, let's... Uh, let's... Wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, you haven't asked me what I did. And you've you've recorded the start of the I show. Know I know I did, but I mean that doesn't mean that you can't, I can't uh, have an intro. We've done. <laughs> We've All right done. then. What, what what did you do, Lee? Okay, so on Friday I went up to Gloucester Cricket Club and I watched initially Surrey score six hundred runs. Uh, so it was eleven innings by Clark, double century. So that, I mean that was it was actually a partnership which was the highest partnership since eighteen ninety four, which is. That's a pretty good shout. And then, yeah. and then on Saturday, I watched Bristol City beat Hull 5 0. Um, Bristol Flyers beat Manchester Giants in the evening. And uh, Bristol Sport was was flying high. And then also Spurs 
beat Leicester three one. So I've had a cracking weekend, boys. Oh, and yeah, then Miles bought me a beer to talk about. You're here on a Bristol Bears podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to talk about the disapp- disappointing fifty six to twenty six shellacking at uh, Leicester. But before we talk about that, let's uh, leak. Your, your thoughts when you saw the team selections and uh, I suppose we had a lot of speculation last week on what Leicester might put out so your thoughts on both teams really yeah I mean you know obviously I think we put out the strongest side we possibly could have put out um, what, what I was personally surprised about is like, like we talked about it last week Leicester might have rested a few players and then when I saw their team sheet I was thinking oh holy Lovely. mother yeah, I mean, that was a full-strength squad from Tigers. And I have to admit, I was worried, Tone. Yeah. I was worried. And, you know, I mean, they've they've not only got a class first team now, they've got a class second team. The youngsters are brilliant. It, it's, it's almost kind of the Leicester of Tigers of old, isn't it? You know, they, mm. they were such a force in, in English rugby. Um, so, yeah, I, I I had no kind of... It was one of those games I thought I'll just watch and just hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, and uh looked like Charles Piertau took one look at the team sheet when he was warming up and decided he, he didn't fancy making his comeback. He tweaked hamstring, didn't he? Was it hamstring or groin? Was it, <laughs> a, 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 or was it his sphincter? I Sorry, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not a great start when you have uh, one of our marquee players uh, drop out, uh, but... Uh, Good to see Jordan Lloyd back after uh, his, I think it was a fractured cheek, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, it was. but uh, yeah, quite a, <laughs> not a, an easy introduction coming back from injury, is it, to uh, be at Welford Road against uh, that team? No, I mean, I was surprised that Leicester put such a strong side out, to be honest, because obviously they've got Leinster, haven't they, in the, the European um, Champions Cup mm. in the week, mm. uh, next week. And I was thinking, you know, surely they they'd rest a few but they didn't they went full guns blazing and to be fair they they well as we're going to subsequently talk about they wrapped the game up pretty early didn't they against us so they were still able to yeah. field a, a full strength side and rest players as well <laughs> yeah well Pete let's talk about that first half then uh, well it was pretty even Stevens for the first uh, I don't know 180 seconds or so <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, an alumni of Bristol Tom Vandell uh, his, uh, his record for the uh, highest number of premiership tries uh, fell didn't it and after mm. three minutes yeah I mean I think we have to before we talk about the game I think we have to hold our hands up to, to Chris Ashton and you know, say that is a is a pretty good achievement, and anyway, a great achievement. It's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. and you know he's he's had his uh, he's had his fair share of clubs, and he's had his fair share of fallouts. But he seems to have found Jonathan his place. <laughs> yeah, he seems to have found his place at Leicester. And I've got to say, he didn't look he looked the mustard, didn't he? I mean, he didn't look like it. I think it was two thousand and eight. He scored his first try, and he still looked pretty dangerous. Um, so fair play to him, and. You know, I, I think I think one of the things about Ashton is that he is a competitor and I think he's fallen out with clubs where he didn't go eye to eye with what he felt. He didn't think there was a professional enough yeah. you know, thing going on with the scenes. He's obviously a difficult character, but he's obviously found his place at Leicester. So fair play to him. Um, disappointing, though, the first try. I thought we started well. And it was... Uh, it was Moroni that made it. It was a little chip through. You know, they it was for, they were just, you know, look, we looked quite well set and then little chip through and 
winger had got caught inside and, and it was too easy for Ashton really and and oh, yeah, in Lloyd considering he's just had his face reconstructed it was a pretty brave attempt of a tackle against Ashton nearly got him out but yeah I mean it was it was I a mean, lucky bounce you know everything went right Ashton so I could you could see it when it went through you could probably you could almost see that you got that little extra spurt because he suddenly realized he had a chance early on but we should good finish but we should say it was a it was a complete shanking from Randall from the eyeball Oh yeah, I mean it's, yes. I, I mean we've come on to some maybe some talking about gen, generic stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it might have been a shank, but you know they were just going down the line. It wasn't necessarily guaranteed to score a try. I mean we can point out little mistakes, but yeah, there was still chance to defend that ball, and hey, it was a good bit of play from Maroney. But you know maybe this is the problem when you've got you know, a, a superstar, world class fullback pulls out the last second. And Yoan Lloyd, who's been out for a few weeks and still doesn't really know what his best position is, is thrust into the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably an atmospheric... Well, there was a lot of emotion because of Tom Young's coming out and all that. And obviously there's a little bit of niggle from last season. can't be easy to go out in an atmosphere. And although he's, you know, he's a professional, Yoan Lloyd, you know, he's, he's not paid that much. And so it's difficult. To, and maybe you could argue he wasn't quite, quite in the right position and he didn't get there in time. So, you know, just it was, it was kind of felt it was an inevitability, wasn't it, when that happened? Mm. But as we may discuss, it didn't necessarily at that point lead to a capitulation at all. But I would, I will say again, we're coming back to that, those individual mistakes because that individual mistake, we're all out of position. When when Randall, yeah, but but I agree, but they're but they're a professional <clears throat> side. I mean, if if that happens, you've got to get into position very yeah. quickly, and other teams, and, and I, you know, you can question our defensive set. You know, you've got to be, you've got. To, can't go out assuming everything's going to go right in every game. So if, if you've got to assume both the best and the worst, haven't you? Absolutely my point in question. Yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was going to make that point, but you've yeah. already done it for yeah, me. Sorry, so. mate. All, all right. Well, I, I don't think we'll, we'll spend quite as much time on every try. No. Yeah, yeah. There's another 11 to get <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah. This could be a... Uh, well, we're going to uh, stop after four. Uh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we just talked about the Bristol tries. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think we might do that because let's say you know <laughs> Leicester scored some cracking tries. Chris Ashton got a hat trick in what inside the first 25, 26 minutes. But uh, there was a, a decent riposte from Bristol though, and um, I think it was Bates, wasn't it? Scored the uh, the first try. Yeah, I mean it, that was a great. That was the first phase try, and, and that's you know you think why haven't we scored more of those this season? It was yeah. a straight out of the scrum. I think it was Piers O'Connor. Ghosted, just delayed the pass. Beautiful little pop to Bates, who showed amazing pace. He had some gas, didn't he? And, I mean, that gives, us faith. that gives us hope, doesn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. it's like when you have a terrible round of golf, but you do hit one some driver straight down the middle of the fairway. You still think it's worth playing, and that that was. But we weren't able to really build on that. Mm. I I actually wrote down that that Bates had channeled his inner Gaston. Yeah. That's the yeah, pace yeah, that yeah. he was burning up. Like there. it, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. And, it, and to be fair, the young lad did. You know, he, he he did. He saw the gap and he went for it, and it was brilliant. Wasn't it? It and was, at that point, we're in the game. Well, absolutely. Yeah, it was eight seven, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Close, yeah. Eight, eight seven. But then, uh, as as we've talked about, Ashton gets his uh, second and third tries of the game. Um, but then, uh, Mister Fricker, quicker Fricker, uh, scores again, Pete. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think the Bears came at that point. It was frustrating. One of the, the Ashton tries, I think it was the second, was when we were pummeling their line, wasn't it? And then mm. there was a kind of what looked like a tip tackle on Harding that 
and then Genge came in and, and you know did a good tack and then the ball went loose and then they ran it and it was a great finish I've got to say I've got to say Ben Young's did very well uh, to, to find well, out hang, hang, hang on a minute you've done say, a lean now can you I just say that again <laughs> I thought I've got to say I thought I mean today I will hold my hand up and say I thought Ben Young's played a very played really well Thought he, he was good, but I, but my was, point was is, like, I haven't seen that enough for England. That's the trouble. No. Anyway, the point you're trying to make is, I think we were, you know, we were still in the game despite those those uh, those tries, and um, yeah, we we pummeled the line. I think we had a penalty coming, and then for once, you know, a bit of red zone efficiency. But as it was happening, I was thinking, why is the ball going further and further towards? the touchline we need to score closer to the post and this is this whole thing isn't it it's it's you know in a game like this against Leicester get kicking conversions could could play a part it didn't in the end but it we could missed play that. a part Sheedy missed that, I mean, missed that yeah. because and I, I know you know at the end of the day it's about scoring tries but I sometimes think it was an inevitability as we went further and further towards it was great Fricker just I mean it was a nice little spot from Randall I think he saw that that the gap was there, you know, Fricker went over, brilliant I mean, try, but it's so frustrating that it wasn't like a bit closer yeah, to the... It was still a great finish though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did, Head down you know, straight over. I mean, Fricker's, he's, he's been, he, actually, he's been brilliant all season for us, but I mean, the fact that he can get the ball down that quickly... He's, is, he's fearless, is we talked about this last pod, is that he's the sort of player every squad needs, and he, yeah. he doesn't, he, he, he epitomises the kind of, the effort, and the never say Absolutely. die attitude, so fair play to him. Yeah, um, so I think it. Uh, we go in at the break. It's twenty-seven twelve. Um, Miles, what were your thoughts at half time? <laughs> did you did you think there was a, a comeback on the cards? Uh, sadly, not. I think I thought Leicester might just pummel us in the second half, and, and as we sort of quite quickly found out, that was to be the case. Miles had a prediction that was right. <laughs> well, absolutely. But I think also, I mean, you know, going in, uh, you know, at some point. You know, as you said, it was 8-7, it's quite close. They scored again and again and again. And then I think Bristol just made some stupid penalties. Lloyd just going off his feet over the ball. Fricker did a similar thing, tackling off the ball. I said that's another six points, isn't it, that that, um, uh, that that's easily convert. So I didn't really hold much hope at half-time. I thought maybe we might squeeze a bonus point, but then as subsequently... There was even more tries by Leicester and then a few more errors from Bristol. Yeah, so let's talk about that second half uh, then, Miles. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about any well, of the Leicester tries or should we just focus on, on Bristol's efforts? Which... Well, we could do really. I mean, there was, you could say unfortunate or not quick enough. Eden's kick got charged down, didn't it? Um, and then they scored again. Well, that was right at the beginning. I mean, right to be honest, yeah, 27-12, you could have said... We were a bit unlucky to be that far behind. I think they'd had a little bit of fortune. We had given away mistakes, but we had looked in the game. I don't think Leicester would have said they they had had it their own way in that first half. And I think it was one of those classic cases that if we were going to get back into the game, we had to score first. And this is the most disappointing thing that within two minutes of of the, the restart, you know, we have a, they have a charge down no. try, and and that's no. it. Get to me, that's game gone. Then no. game gone. And I agree with that, but. Equally, I would say at no point in that first half I thought that we would win the game. I, I, I absolutely... When George Ford's kicking the ball and, and the ball's going exactly where he wants the ball to go, mm. I, you're oh, just okay. starting to think, I don't well, think we were going to ship 50 points. We, 
enough. No, no, no. I'm, no, I mean, that's yeah, yeah, a slightly I mean, different thing. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I, but I think the point is, I don't think it was quite as... There was, it wasn't a 27-12 differential to me that first time. Yeah, I no, think I, we, were, we were a bit unlucky. I mean, that, you know, and I, clearly we take... The players will take responsibility for turning it over at points or making silly mistakes. But, you know, they got them... The, you know, they got... They they were clinical and they they perhaps made the most of the opportunities and that's something that that we don't do. Um, but I do think that ch- that charge down. If you're a forward as well, that forwards put their, their they put their bodies on the line that first mm. half to see a ball get charged down like that after two minutes of the second half. That's yeah. going to affect your kind of mentally. Going to really it's tough. And they didn't give up. That was great. But to me, we had to score first. We didn't. Game gone. Uh, okay, so Miles, I'll, I'll leave the floor over to you. Do you want to talk about any of the other Leicester tries, or should we just talk through? Well, uh, they're all they're all good tries. I mean, uh, Freddie Stewart, he's <laughs> England number fifteen quality, just sort of stepped through the line. You could argue defence was pretty poor, but he's just a quality operator. I mean, he's hard to stop, and scored a try under the sticks. Uh, there was then another try, wasn't there, at sixty-seven minutes then taking it past a half century. And I thought, 51-12, I, I think I wanted to turn off the highlight show last night. Well, the full replay I was watching. Um, and then there was a bit of a break. And finally, I don't know how we did it, we managed to squeeze two tries in the last 10 minutes. A lovely run from Thacker, pretty much under the sticks again. I mean, the pace on that lad. I mean, last last pod, I obviously uh, bigged up Fitz Harding and I forgot that Saka was given man of the match. But yet again, even my wife commented that he's got some gas on him for a sort of number two. Uh, and he was absolute quality. A few of the lineouts not great this week, but when you're facing the likes of Leicester Tigers, if you're not pinpoint accurate, they're going to punish you. Uh, and they did. So great try by Saka. Sadly, Leicester <laughs> scored again with Harry Potter in his magic. Um, and finally, we managed to get a bonus point with Chris Bree, which is a pretty easy walk-in on 76 minutes. A well-worked try out to the back. So two-on-one overlap, and he just walked it in, placed it near the sticks. But at that point, we'd sort of got four points, and that's all that we were going to get from the game. And I would say... Four I mean, points, four tries. Oh, four tries, yeah. sorry, four yeah. tries. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say that, I mean, we can't fault the determination in the battle. The boys still kept going to the end, didn't they? Even when they were, they knew they were beaten. Yeah, you know, and and it was, you know, for me, forty eight minutes. I've I've got it written down here. We're thirty seven twelve down. Forty eight minutes, and Nandola comes on. Mm. I mean, come on, you, you know, you're just thinking at that point. There's no way on earth we're winning this game. Um. But they could have capitulated, couldn't they? I mean, other teams have, but they still kept going and we got the bonus point. And like Miles has said, they kept going to the end, you know? And and this full credit that a team is well beaten on the day still keep going. It's an interesting point you raised there that we can only speculate on because I think I agree with you as a fan, we we probably didn't think we could win that game. But as a professional player... Do you think they felt they could win it? Do you think they still feel they win it? Given that when you look at the experience of other teams coming back, scoring three tries, well, what about, was it Irish against Wasps at the weekend? Yeah. coming back. I'd, 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 I'd like to, I have no idea. I'd like to think that they always think they can win. 
Yeah. Because that's that if they don't, then what's the point of them being on that pitch? But I mean, as a fan, I hundred percent agree with you. And and you know, it is very easy for us to kind of not believe it's gonna happen. But I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing. Do you think they really felt that or do you think they felt they could win it right to the end? Until the maybe until it's mathematically almost impossible. <laughs> I mean I mean I think it's testimony to the fact that they kept going. Yeah, to that's what absolutely still, still, still means to me that, that they were in the fight. That they, they're in the fight. But is yeah. it the drive? Is the drive the win, or is it the well, we've got was, to do this because we're this is what we do because we're scared we get told because the video highlights you know the the, the, the analysts will find out if we don't, mm. or is it because we don't want to go? And, <laughs> I think it's professional pride, isn't it? I, I mean, any, so. any any sportsman has professional pride, and I think that, that they will keep going to the end no matter what. It's like a boxer, you know, you, you've got two. Two boxers in the ring, mm. and someone's getting absolutely pummeled, mm. but you'll still stand up there whereas, and take the punches. Whereas the luxury of us as fans is we do have the luxury of turning it we off can criticize or, it or, it or leave it early. <laughs> Interestingly, yeah. one of the commentators, the pundits, did say oh, it was a quiet spell. You know, like we've always said, have Bristol just been found out? And uh, were, yeah, I think so. And literally, but that was on about seventy minutes, and then. Like I said, I mean, thankfully, we never gave up and we scored another two tries. So we may have been found out, you know, attacking rugby and the defence has been not great this season, but we never, sure they we're... never gave up. And that's a testament can... to the yeah. lads. You can't yeah. argue, if we score bonus four tries, we're not being found out in our attacking rugby because we've scored four tries. Oh, we? We've been found out in our defence. Lack of defence. And this yeah. is the problem all season. Is oh. our, we've been, you know, how many points have we shipped this season when... We were kind of led to believe that, you know, Pat, I remember that Q&A term we went to at the beginning where yeah. Pat says when we got hammered at Worcester, you never want to see that again. I mean, we've seen, <laughs> seen that this season uh, close to. So it's an interesting one. And I, I agree with you. We, we have been found out, but maybe we've been found out in the sense that when we, because we over-attack, that's when play it, they wait and they yeah, right, yeah. and then they, they, they wait for us to over-attack and Teams like Leicester, you know, get us on the on the wide areas or, or isolate us, and then they know how to score after it's that. A, it's a brilliant point. Yeah, I think coming back to your, you know, the, you know, did they think they could win it? I think I think the whole try scoring bonus point does do, does yeah. keep things going, yeah, and it's good for the the product that is rugby. Because yeah. some people, I saw someone put up say, is it fair that a team gets a point for losing by thirty? You know, we lost by thirty points. Mm-hmm. Really, should you be rewarded? for losing that badly, which you technically we were. But it's and I, I disagree. I think the point is that we kept on going, therefore, yeah. for the fan, for the, you know, running, we saw a good rugby. Mm. We contributed to that game and for, and fair play. In cricket, you get points, you get a bonus point for two scoring 250 runs to 300 runs, 350 runs. So, you know what I mean? There's, it's still bonus. Isn't whatever it? they say, it's whatever still... other, other, other teams' fans say about Pat Lamb and, he, and his... his his star has fallen, I think. We've gone from being everybody's favourite second team, haven't we, or everyone, to people thinking we're a little bit of a, a an issue team. But whatever people think about Pat, I think he would always instil into his players that you never give up. And I think, you know, people joke a little about his whole thing about love and culture. But mm. I think one of the things about that love and culture, take away all that stuff, is that I don't think our teams ever give up. Mm. Because no. I think he Not has it. Because he's instilled that into them and they're probably too scared <laughs> to give up to be fair so I think that's at least a basis that we should that we can build on for next year and so on okay so uh, final whistle it's 56 points to 26 
eight tries to four. Um, let's uh, have a look at some of the player performances then. Uh, perhaps, uh, Miles, you want to have a look at the forwards. Uh, Pete, uh, the backs and Lee and I will chip in. Spare bears. Spare bears. Chipping in. Chipping in. Uh, I mean, it's a tricky one this week, looking at the score, isn't it? To say any individual stand-up performances, because you could argue they were mostly Leicester's way. However, the boys never gave up. I mean, we just must tip our hats to um, Joe Joyce, who's 150th performance for the, uh, for, for the club, which was fantastic for him, and he led yeah. the team out. Um, but I think Saka had a great game this, this, this week. Some of his lineouts were a bit iffy, but like I said, against the team as good as Leicester, you're going to get one or two go the wrong way. But he was, he was on fire, and, you know, he ran... Ran his socks off for the entire game. Other than that, the pack, it was a challenging one, really. I mean, we didn't really get pushed back, but toward the end of the game, Leicester started winning a few scrum penalties, and I disagreed with quite a few. It was clear that the line wasn't really awake, and actually the knee was going down on the Leicester side, but he penalised John Affair, yeah. but we couldn't see that. So I thought the pack were pretty solid in the scrum. They didn't really get pushed back, but I think Saku had a yeah, good game. Okay, um, Pete, the backs. Well, I mean, we've mentioned Jack Bates, and I think we have to. Yeah, I, I think we have to say he is a, uh, a Premiership quality player. But what we need to do now is we need to say to him, "This is where you play." If you, and I yeah. liked him out yeah, the yeah, centre, yeah, yeah. and but that's where he's always played. Yeah, and I think he has to be given some confidence because he's only twenty. But he has to be given some confidence about that is, is that's his position, and he and he trains to be a thirteen. And I look, I just look at Leicester. They had like Dan Kelly, Guy Porter, you know, slightly older than him, but they've come up through their academy. Yeah, they yeah. they know where they play. They mm. know their position, and they're good. And they're good because they know what they're doing. They're not flitting around. He's not playing wing one minute and sitting out for three games. And so I think Bates. It was a good performance for the future, and that, and obviously we talked about his gas. That was brilliant. Um, I felt, I thought Sheedy again had played well in the first half. I thought Sheedy looked good, and then he got a smack in the face, and because he was, oh, yeah. you know, he got a headshot, and oh yeah, because he's low, it's like, well, you know, can't the tackler yeah. adjust? But anyway, yeah. let's move on. Um, so he went off. I mean, although I must say on that bit, there was a little bromance moment with with I don't know if you boys saw it, yeah. but they were with uh, Randall. Was over and like because he she, he was like seeing he stars and then Randall goes <laughs> over and it reminded me. Do you remember that game a couple of seasons ago when Randall got a cut on the leg? Oh yeah, and, he oh, scra- yeah. and then and then Sheedy go over and he's rubbing his head. The Laz- yeah, it was well, it was the Lazarus moment, wasn't it? Because they all because <laughs> after the game it wasn't quite as bad as everyone thought. But there was that little bromance with uh, Sheedy and I. And it just reminded me, and you know, Randall straight over there, little bros. Anyway. So I'm a bit sorry for Sheedy because it was... It, he know, did play well up to that point. Yeah, that, I mean, it? I mean, what can I say? <clears throat> uh, Piers O'Connor, you know, some moments of brilliance and, and again, as always, looks classy, but Fricker got his head stuck in, but we, we conceded a lot of tries and uh, I, Lloyd was game. But, you know, why? I just think poor old Lloyd, you know, a world-class operator pulls out just before the game and Lloyd has to go into a position that he doesn't play week in week out he's you know, against he's quite Freddie small Stewart against, yeah, against as well. yeah but against a really good side you know did it I fair play to him I hold my hand I, I you know I just think well 
you know, it was annoying. And I'm sure Piertau's got a reason, but, you know, it's how many times has this happened? So what else can I say? I, I, I think, and, and I've got to, unfortunately... <laughs> This is the moment, and I'm sure a couple of our Leicester fans might be listed this, but I've got to say Ben Young's showed his class today. And I think Harry Randall had a a good but average game, a good to average game. And I think the difference was was the kicking. I think Young's, they've got a clear exit strategy from their 22. Ben Young smashes it miles. Yeah. Doesn't try and box kick it out, doesn't try and... He smashes it miles yeah. into our 22. They kick it back and then they kick it again and they've got their chase set up and then they win it. We, we faff around with stuff. Yeah. Randall mm. kicks one here or he kicks one out, but it only goes just beyond the 22. They get the line out. I just felt that all the way through. That, that, and that they had was a clear so obvious strategy. as well, wasn't but it? But to me, how, it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science to say, okay, this is our strategy for exiting. And we exit our 22 by taking two or three phases and then usually turning it over or dropping it, or then. So I felt poor old Randall was maybe caught by the system a little bit. He did, and there was a one little great little snipe he did in the first half and, and popped it to Bates, which I thought that there, that right there, is the, the future. But he didn't have a. He did. He had an average game. I think, unfortunately, I think his England credentials are falling at the moment. And you've got mm. the likes of Mitchell at Northampton, who I, I genuinely yeah. think is the best scrum half in the country. And and even Ben Youngs, you think you look at that, you think Ben Youngs is going to be on that plane to Australia really, in the summer. And anyway, okay. And and Lee Spare Bears, any any that caught your eye? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, apart from the charge down, I thought Tiff played really well. Um, you know, we we know that Tiff's you know going to pastures new for next season, but you know, I, I thought he, he did Tiff things. Um, Apart from that, I think it was quite difficult to to really. I don't think anyone stood out that much. I mean, Dan Thomas coming off of Jeffries, it's like for like, isn't it? I'm nothing. By by that time, we were already down anyway, weren't we? And, Should we have started? And it was. Thomas? Well, I don't know. I I, I thought Jeffries played. He does. Jeffries played is okay. Good. I think he's solid. You know, and I just thought we were beaten by a better team. And it's, it's one of those for me. It was one of those games where you kind of hold your hands up. Leicester at top of the table. For a reason, you know, and 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 they 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 beat us fair and square, and they were they scored us. It was so, no Jackal, it was a number seven, Rafael, Rafael, Tommy, See, Tommy you, Rafael. Yeah, you yeah. could have argued oh, he was that, brilliant last season. He was, but then you could have argued that Thomas could have played that great Jackal that possibly, he possibly yeah. is. That's the only difference Maybe, you could yeah. say. We were. I mean, Rafael is a classic case of of how good Leicester have become. He's mm. a microcosm of Leicester because he played against us last year, and he was only really up and coming, and he didn't. You know, he wasn't as good. He got he got schooled a little bit by our boys and same players. Now he looks world class or national class if he plays for Wales. So um fair play to him. I yeah. I think I I would have quite liked to have seen Thomas start. I just think he's more dynamic. I just think Jeffries is brilliant, but we, we well, we obviously when we play Jeffries, Lewatour and Harding, we have a very particular Pat has obviously got a particular yeah, a mindset, plan yeah. of how we're going to play. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be competing massively at the break- breakdown. It's mainly Luatua that does, but they they have a much they have a different mentality, which is ferocious mm-hmm. competition at the breakdown. And and Rafael, yeah, I mean he's classic. I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I know. I mean, one of the things for me, and we've talked about this on the podcast, and it's these lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> 
Um, when, when you look at the statistics for the game, not knowing the result, uh, Bristol had 57% possession, 59% territory. Uh, and according to the Gallica Premiership rugby site, we made 692 metres as a team to Leicester's 470. Yeah. So um, I, I, suppose, I suppose it comes back a little bit that you had possession, you had territory, but you you, 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 you can't apply the pressure. Leicester, Leicester create their metres through their kicking game. Yeah. They get field position and then... When they're close to the line, they have to run very far to score tries, don't no, they? That's no. why their their meters are down. Whereas we break out, like you know, we had a breakout. Oh, we run the ball. We, we got the ball. all the way up the pitch yeah. and then lost it, and they scored. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most of their meters came from the Ashton's breakaway try, which is unusual for them. So that was a kind of that negated all of those meters that we'd gone down. You and, could pretty much take them away. And that's exactly what those yeah. statistics apply. I don't they? even bother looking at them anymore. Yeah. 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 You're right. Kicks from hand. Leicester thirty-five. Bristol twenty-five. But that's their way. Yeah, I mean, their way. It's, that. Yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah. system, and they're not actually just a boring but, side. They, but why they, don't we do it? Because, well, because we haven't got. Pat, we, yeah, it's not our game. It's not his. That's not Pat's game plan, and that's fair enough. Because, but you know, you look at it and think, are we ever going to win anything? Okay. Well, let's let's round up uh, this this weekend. Then looking at some of the other results. I mean, there was some. Cracking games. There were some interesting games as well. So uh, uh, Saracens won away at Worcester, thirty-eight points to sixteen. Um, Sale won 35-27 against Newcastle. Um, and then, then three that really caught my eye. First, uh, I think it was Friday night, wasn't it? Northampton thirty-two, Quinns thirty-one. Mm. Uh, what a cracking spectacle that was! Uh, and on Sunday, the Sunday game. Uh, um, Wasps 42, London Irish 42. And that really was coming back from the dead. Because um, they, they were about 30 points behind, yeah, weren't they, Irish? And, but they, they keep doing it, don't they? Yeah. And as we've said all along in the pod, if you want to become rich with rugby, every week put a, a fiver on London <laughs> Irish drawing. And uh, you'll 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 be quids in. Um, it's unbelievable. It's un- so, you know, it, this is when statistically fact, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It's fact is stranger than fiction. How can this happen? And let me see. There was, there was, what? There was one one other game. Can anybody who who Exeter didn't play? Did they? They no. had a bye. No. What was it? Any other West Country? Was it a tight? Oh, one? Was it West Country? Yeah. yeah it was close, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Was it Gloucester Bath? It well, was. That's, a, yeah. that's the one. I, I'll tell you what. What's we scoring in? I tell you what. We spent whatever that is thirty odd minutes talking about. Um, Bristol's woes at uh, table toppers Leicester. Um, but oh my goodness, Gloucester 64, Bath nil. What you've got to say? I mean, I just, I, I just can't imagine what a Bath fan would be thinking. I, I might listen to one of their podcasts actually. You see what they make of the game? Pete, they got one. <laughs> Pete, it wasn't a second string that they sent up to no. Kingstone, was it? I mean, I, I didn't see the lineup, but I did see a very brief. I saw something on Twitter at the end of the game and I saw Falatau, I saw Underhill, oh, yeah. I saw Mars Reed, I saw yeah. Charlie Yules, I saw Tom Dunn. Yeah. I presume that Ajoma was playing. I, I presume that the, to Glanville was... I don't know. But, I mean, they they didn't have a 64-0 side out, did they? I mean, it, they must be... I mean, they must be beside the fans. Uncoachable. Beside themselves. <laughs> but actually, I mean, your mate, 
you were walking with Tom the other week. I mean, yeah. you've got a feel for him a little bit, he's haven't you? He's no, amazingly no, very <laughs> Why? No, I, love, I love Tom Because he's just wasted yeah. more money on renewing a season ticket. I, I love Tom the bits, but at the end of the day, it's Bristol Bath, yeah. and I couldn't give a It was funny that quite Reagan. a lot of fans, their fans were saying that they were they were offering their place to Ealing. They were saying, if we <laughs> offer it to Ealing, <laughs> if we'll, off, we'll go down, we need to go down, because we need to go down to kind of get all the poison out of everything. And Ealing can what about Ealing could have it? We could do it, they could swap grounds. Ealing could have the wreck and they'd be allowed to come with it. I'll uh, tell you what, it was interesting in the rugby papers today. I don't know if you boys read it, but um, Matt Banham was saying about how, like, obviously, Bath had taken the training up to Farley House in Somerset and it's taken the whole kind of ethos out of Bath. Yeah. And, and, Rugby is like that, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like a, a culture. It's a, it's a club. And, you know, he was saying it feels like a, a them and us yeah. kind of scenario now. And, you know, long may it continue. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does raise an interesting question, though, about training and training centres. And, and obviously we have our own brand new high performance centre, which, you know, is world class. But there has been some comments, haven't there, about things like that. There's nothing you can't beat a good old trek on the Mendips, you know, with a, a heavy bag and the SAS shouting at you or something to get a bit a bit team bonding. And and I just there's a little part of me just thinks, have we had a little bit of that? It's a bit too comfortable for our boys this season. Everything's laid on three G pitch, and maybe we should have done a bit of halfway through the season. They should have done a bit of tramping on the Mendips and forget about the HPC. And what have you been, Charles? Well, who knows? But I just do wonder, you know, they bar for clearly extreme, much more at the other end, and that clearly is an issue for them. But anyway, it was a fantastic result for Gloucester, wasn't it? And Dickie yeah, Ball would have been yeah. happy, isn't oh, yeah. it? I mean, after the disappointments yeah. of the week before, it's uh, 64-0. Yeah. Uh, absolutely incredible. OK, um, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, uh, it's Bank Holiday Monday, as we said. And the big news that broke today uh, is that uh, our uh, legendary tight head and part-time scrum coach, uh, John Afoa, which I think we we knew he wasn't going to have a playing position or that that certainly was heavily suggested and that he'd go into full-time coaching, Um, is in fact leaving the club at the end of the season. He's signed a two-year deal to play uh, with RC Oran, is it, uh, in Pro D2 in the French second division. Um, So... You know, looking on social media, it's come as quite quite a surprise and I think a shock to a lot of people. Lee, just um, your, your your thoughts on the news today? Yeah, pretty gutted, Tone, to be honest. Uh, you know, I mean, this guy's been... He's, I know he's a legend. I mean, he's one of those players. He's a World Cup winning tight head, isn't he? Mm. And he's, he's a legend wherever he goes. But, you know, he, he's one of those players. You kind of feel... You almost own him a little bit when he comes to your club. Mm. Um, and he's been absolutely fantastic for us. And I was I was gutted this morning when, you know, we the news kind of broke. Actually, you you told me, you texted me this morning, and it was like, oh, that hurt quite a bit. 
Um, and I guess, like for me, it's, he's he's just one of those players who's going to be not only a massive loss on the playing field, but but part of the squad. And I'm really, I, I mean, I am at this moment in time concerned for next season that we, we you know, we've lost not only a massive player, but a massive character mm. in our squad. And, and Miles, I think we've talked about it, um, we've been talking about it all season, really, mm. the, the the strength problems at tight heads. Now, you know, maybe some of us were hoping a foe might sign on the dotted line for another year. At least you had a experienced uh, player. And let's face it, when 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 you're in the trenches, those props, um, you know, the wily people that have been around for a while are are, are usually the best. And, and John is undoubtedly, I think, the best scrummager. Do, yeah. do, do you think we're likely to see another tight head come in or do you think business is done? Well, according to Pat, I think business is done. I mean, just like to say that, TC, you ruined my breakfast with your little message this morning. I was going from champagne and uh, smoked salmon and end up having rotten eggs and uh, cabbage, to be perfectly honest with you. Sprats. See, something like that. Yeah, well, Pat's, quote Pat, I've done my uh, season signings early. Um, and as we well know, he's got in there before Freshers' Week because we've got these university students coming in. And I now am sad to say I do not think we are going to see a big signing. We we know we've got Genge coming in um, to bolster up Sinclair, but when they're out for a predominantly you know massive part of the season, Six Nations, Autumn Nations. We're now faced with the backup of, if they stay, uh, Jake and Jake, which is extremely worrying. Um, And you're right, he's such a character. I was chatting to Johan Lloyd a couple of months ago who said, actually... (laughs) Well, where was this? uh, What, scout camp? (laughs) Sorry. And um, he, I said, God, tell me, who's the, who's the, who's the sort of most, the, the, the best character, the funniest guy in the squad? And he said, by a mile, John O'Fowler. And I think that's the sort of fatherly figure that John O'Fowler probably becomes in every single club he joins. Lee's absolutely right. You feel as if you own him. We've seen him around on North Street. We're all local to here. And he's such a character. And he'll be greatly missed on and off the pitch. And sadly, I do not think we'll get a replacement and you might be asking Pat yet again at the Q and A, what are we going to do with um, yeah, what, a backup? From- what, what actually are we going to do? Because well, well, that's it. I mean, you know, you look at it. You've got Armstrong, who is a, a tight head, but you know, hasn't really proved himself over the last couple of years. I know he's been in after fifteen minutes. Hmm. Um, then you know, you've got Sink- Ma- Max Lahif, who is a uh, yeah. I mean, Sink- yeah. Sink- 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 number the one. Starter, yeah, but yeah. When, when he's not playing or when he comes off. So we've got Armstrong as an out-and-out tight head that we're not convinced about. You've got Max Lahif, who has done a decent job, I think, at tight head for the games that he played. But he is a loose head that's mm. playing tight head and also is quite prone to injuries. He, he, he seems to get two or three games, mm. then he's out for a while. Mm. Uh, you've got Jan Thomas, again, a loose head that comes across to the tight head yeah, side. Yeah. but He's been a legend as well. And, he has, uh, absolutely. Yes. But, but not a tight head. No, and you know he's done well, but he's not an out-and-out tight head. Um, you just wonder, you know. God forbid, I'm touching wood. If anything happened to Sinclair, well, actually, yeah. we, we would be. Well, everything else we've got problem. is either young and unproven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no point saying, "Oh, Kloska," you know, he's unproven. Kloska, 
he's a, he looks a great prospect, but you cannot say yeah. that, oh, it's okay, we've got Kloska coming up. No. It's no good, though. He's not He's not played any games this and, season. And again, a hooker that's converted yeah. into tight yeah. heads. And then we've got, you know, bless his little cotton socks and his little ginger beard, but Ashley Challenger is not the answer. No, he's, no, he's not. We no. don't know anything about the... The student, the Ryan Shamrallies, but he could, but but we need it. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. But again, in the press release when they signed him, he's someone that can play both yeah. sides. Again, mm. it's not an out. You know, and you know out where it's leading to, boys. You yeah. know, we've got a call. We don't call the A team. We've got to call Nicky Thomas. Where is Nicky Thomas? Where is he? Someone find out where Nicky Thomas is and get him back. To, to, to be fair, I don't think Nicky Thomas really is going to be the answer to who. Do you know what though? We look it's at worrying though. We look at the other clubs, and they've got some serious front row grunt. Yeah, like I think like Shonert at Sale, yeah. who was somewhere else, who's never quite made it to England. He's Worcester before that. That's right. He's yeah. just a he's a unit, and he's a he's not a journey, journeyman. Is disrespectful, but he is a, a a full Premiership club player. Yeah, there was like the guy. Is it Paul Hull? There's a few at Northampton. There's just these blokes that come out, and the thing is, all we want is a tight head. Who plays to, to play tight head yeah. and just do that scrummage, scrummage, yeah. filth, just the basics. Push and get stuck in and do a few hits. We've been bit, we've been kind of indulged a bit with John Afoa being a great kind of like ball player as well. We don't want another ball. We, he was a, he's a, he's almost unique. What we want is his scrummaging ability and nothing else. And we can do all that with Vui and Harding. And this is what we've always said. I mean, Lahif, love him to bits. He's not filth, is he? That's the trouble. Jan Thomas is filth, but he's on the loose head. We've got to, and we've got to have some filth. Yeah. Uh, And that's what these clubs have got that are are rolling us over in, in in the forwards. Mm. I should say another thing about John Afoa, which I think that it was a big mistake making him part-time scrum coach, because I don't even think he's a coach. I think he's a mentor. He's yeah. clearly a mental yeah, and I think this is a massive mistake from the that will not be admitted. So we've made a mentor a coach, and now he's going. So that strategy, there has to be some sort of explanation about why this has happened. Yeah, and and actually, you've got Alapati going about. I mean, this is also you made the point the other day about the French. You know, these we've got the salary cap going down in the in England and French second division sides are, are, are signing yeah. like yeah. well like I know they're at the end of their career, but they're signing players left. Wouldn't be surprised if Tiff Eden goes to Van at this rate. I mean no, I this is being yeah. Bristol's like kind of but and you know, where do we go? Where do we go with the scrum coach? Because our scrum has not been good this season. No. Well that's that's the point I wanted to to put to you boys really, is you know, is part of this the fact that Afoa hasn't really made it and has Pat had that call? Well, Sorry, you know, you it's not working as a, a scrum coach. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, he's... But whose fault is that? No, abs- a- 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 absolutely. But, you know, is it chicken and egg? Is it because mm. he's been offered a two-year playing contract and thought, yeah, yeah. absolutely, oh, a new right. challenge in France? Or is the only reason he's got that because Pat said... Sorry, John, you're yeah. not going to be the scrum coach next and, year. And maybe what we're going to, the announcement we're waiting for is not a new tight head, it's a, a scrum coach yeah. maybe that will be announced next week. And, and let's face it, it's an area that we, we, have we, we need and with the limited resources in the yeah. front row, um, I, I think that's, that's got to be a big priority. But it's fantastic having a scrum coach, but you can't have... Yeah, I agree. But you've got to also hope that if you have a really good scrum coach, coach, he can make Jake Armstrong a better player and can make 
Well, match they, 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 more yeah, sustainable yeah. Player and, and, and the uni players Foster that are coming yeah. in. Yeah. So That's I actually think, I mean I think we've but, got to be we've got to be realistic about this. That the only salvation is a is a really top level coach that we because we can pay for that. Well, we've got plenty of money that we're yeah. saving with the reduced salary cap. Yeah, so, and that needs to happen. But the, but we to, we have to have a top quality coach because otherwise, yeah. But we can afford. I mean, presumably, there's no. We can. It doesn't matter how much we're going to pay for a coach because it's not a playing position, mm. is it? So we no, could go yeah. out and scour the world and find some filthy Argentinian prop coach mm. that knows the business because mm. we need some dark arts. Yeah, we need some dark arts in our front row, and that would just it's only a little. That would be the the, the jig, the end of you know with people like Thacker in there, and, and we've got some great well, players, but well, we let's just face need it, that. If we get that right, then we've got the basis yeah. of a good season next year, haven't yeah. we? If we don't get that right. Well, you, you think, you know, if if we, we've said on the pod before, you know, Sinclair's not really shown for us no, uh, no, no, since no, no, he's no. been here. But if he has a bit of a rest now, you know, maybe doesn't go on the England tour, gets himself sorted, that front row that starts of Genge, Sinclair and Thacker with the form that Thacker's been yeah. in, that is a pretty fearsome, uh, impressive front row. But they're only going to play 60 minutes, aren't they, generally? Thacker might do yeah, 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Genge might do a bit more. But when it comes to England international time, you know, what? where are we going to Where's be? the backup? Because it, it's not just coming on for 10 or 15 minutes when a game's, you know, won or lost. No. It, it's playing for 60 or 70 minutes. And, from and the we need start. the backup to the backup, don't we, at we that need, point? And a backup to the backup's backup. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Otherwise you get your backup, wouldn't but you? Remember, yeah. we've got a natural leader coming in in the front row in the form of Ellis Genge. Of course we have. So we can only hope and pray but some of that experience and grunt and filth that Genge brings rubs off good on the second string. Yeah, good filth. I, I mean, I've got no doubt that that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, on, on the second string props that he's bringing through, that, I mean, that's our only hope, isn't it, if, if no proper scrum coach comes in. Can I just, just for the listeners, because uh, it is great that um, podcast is all about the, the spoken word and you don't really see things that happen in the room. I just want to talk about the, the palate and the connoisseur that is Lee, because he's he's been sipping a glass of red wine, which he's now... <laughs> oh, hang on, has he, he got a new beer glass? He, he's just swished it out now, <laughs> and he's now drinking out the same glass in India Pale Ale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be as professional as I can, so yeah, without yeah. going to the toilet... You're looking for the environment, aren't you? You're not going to wash another glass up. Okay, well, that's nearly it for this week. But, um, Lee, I think you wanted to um, talk about the, the big women's game that uh, is next uh, next week at the gate, or next next weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously the last game of the season, isn't it? No, so, penultimate game, game of the season. The, sorry, the penultimate game of the season. Um, Mr. Matt Crew had looked after us for a, for a ticket or two for, for next week. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's the Bears family, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we back the, you know, every, you know, the, the youngsters and the women's game. So it's a, yeah, it's a massive game and it'd be fantastic to get a massive crowd up there if we can. And Ashton Gate as well. And come yeah, on. Yeah, I think I, last time I saw, I think they sold a couple of thousand tickets, which, yeah. you know, is, 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 is good for the women's team. It'd be nice if there's a few more people there. Uh, it's Saturday the 7th of May. It's a 2.30 uh, kickoff. Uh, an important game as well, the league game against Quinns, who are going to be there or thereabouts at the at the top. So, uh, yeah, if people fancy that, then, uh, then get on down there. Um, right. Uh, well, chaps, 
that's it for this week. Um, if Can I you... just say something? Yes, you may. It's it, it's not quite a get my goat, but Leicester Tigers, right? They yep. they came out of the tunnel to smoke on the water by by um, Deep Purple. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Right. So I thought that was fantastic, right? Where's our tune coming out? What what do what do we have when we come out? Fred Dibner, the oldest swinger in town. Exactly. So it's one of those things. If you're gonna, you know what I mean. It's right yeah. from the off. Everyone yeah, needs yeah. to be behind the team. So for me, it's like you want all the supporters behind the team as they come out. Why don't we have a song? Come well, on, we tried. Don't it's got to be. We could do it. No, 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 yeah, no, no, but it wasn't. Right. No, but it was an no, introduction no. song, though, was it? It was. It was a song. But in, we, didn't we? Didn't we have a new two song for a, a few years that we ran out to? No, I'm being serious. There was a song that was, that was played yeah. when, when we ran out. I can't. I can't remember. Someone. I mean, I, hopefully, I, someone. I can't remember. remember a bit of Survivor. I have the tiger. I mean, it's such. See, man, that's a great. That that is a good jack. And I just oh, think, have, why don't we have a song? Oh, I got, I, got, I, got, I got it. Hey, do you ream? Things can only be harder. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Or I was thinking, <laughs> all you need is love. La, 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 la. No, I like no, 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 no. We're not, D- we're I not think D-Ream is definitely the way forward. Things. It's only one game, though. It's only one game for yeah. D-Ream. All right, well, if any of the <laughs> listeners have got ideas about what song that uh, the Bears could run out to to get the crowd fired up, uh, go on to our Twitter stream. Maybe we'll throw in some ideas uh, over the next week or two and see what we can come up with. See Maybe what happens at the Leonard, the Exeter game. At the Exeter right? game. See, we... see, see if we can uh, see if we can get that uh, rousing yes. tune to, to get the, the the Bears onto the pitch. Uh, okay, um, that that really is it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. We'll be back in two weeks' time. So there isn't a show next week because of the big gap that we've got between fixtures. We'll be back in two weeks with our preview of the Exeter Chiefs game. Until then, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz. Briz.